Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Byteclear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Byteclear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at That's Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. The Angie's List you know and trust is now Angie, and we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews. But now, we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie, and we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today. Hi there, it's Julia Louis-Dreyfus. You may know me from my podcast called Wiser Than Me, where I talk to older women and get their wisdom from the front lines of life. I was amazed by how many people told me our show made them look forward to getting older, which is why I'm here to talk about season two of the show. Sally Field, Billie Jean King, Beverly Johnson, Ina Garten, Bonnie Ray, just to name a few. All hail old women. Wiser Than Me season two is out now from Lemonada Media. Welcome to another episode of True Crime and Cocktails, Fan Theories Edition. That's right, this is the Fan Theories Volume 2 episode of True Crime and Cocktails, where we're going to talk about more of you, the listeners' theories about these episodes of Unsolved Mysteries. As always, I am Lauren Ash, and as always, I am joined by my intrepid co-hostess with the most S, Christy Oxborough. How you doing? Uh, I know I say this a lot lately, but I'm just feeling a lot of manic energy. Just a lot of... Yeah, I get that. Just a lot of... Sure. A lot of a lot of stuff going on because we do record this earlier, so we haven't hit 2021 yet. We have not. So we're still dealing with the beast of 2020. Yeah, and it's mm-hmm. uh, it's still coming. It's still uh, it's still going. So unrelenting yeah. would be a word that I would use to describe it. I don't know about you. Yeah, I could tell you a story that would make you. Oh, it it gives me joy because it makes me laugh. So it has nothing to do with 2020 or really anything in general, but I thought of it randomly today and it gives me joy. When I was a kid. Yeah. Um, and I'm sure they do to this day, but uh, my, my mom always used to make these oven roasted potatoes and uh-huh. they were among my favorite thing in the world. Uh, and it's just like potatoes with various spices and oil and like a, onion soup mix kind of thing all mixed in and my dad who didn't make dinner very often was like you know what I'm really feeling like I want to make those potatoes but he just couldn't find the recipe so he's like okay think back don't think of the tastes think of what colors do you remember (laughs) oh this is already great so he remembered that it was like potatoes in a brown sauce of some kind. So he's like, okay, sure. okay, I've got that. It's a brown sauce. Well, what's the only brown sauce he can think of? 
maple syrup. What? Stop! <laughs> Stop! So yeah, he uh, he. I guess he baked them, but like, it wasn't good. Well, no. I mean, if you were, if it was a sweet potato, he'd be right on the money. Yeah, throw some maple syrup on those bad boys. See get them in the oven. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's a good move. A regular potato? Yeah, that's a harder sell for me. I think that's a harder, especially if that's yeah. the only thing. Did he put any spices in there or was no. it just the maple syrup? He just recalled the brown. He did not recall any spice. Like his his go-to was not think of flavors. Like what kind of tastes do you remember? Like his his brain just went, ah, there had to be some way of remembering. There was a color. What color was it? Okay, go to the cupboard and look for that color. Surely she just dumps some maple syrup on these potatoes and puts them in the oven. And it's like, I, I feel like this story gives me joy. Not be, I try not to think back to eating them, but like just <laughs> the the ridiculousness of that idea yeah. still makes me laugh to this day. And also tell me that's not mostly men in the relationship, but often can, could also be the women. But there's somebody in the relationship Who's like, I'm going to do something that they do. It's clearly not as hard as it looks. So they try it and they find out there's a lot more steps than I thought. <laughs> yeah. You know? So, yeah. yeah. Needless to say, not maple syrup, but jeez. Wow. Just, what a leap. Yeah. What, what a leap. I yeah. just feel like there's so many things that can make brown sauce. Like, I mm-hmm. could list 10 off the top of my head. It, it's mm-hmm. just interesting that that was the, like, that's it. All these yeah. years. Because, yeah, wow, wowzer, wowzer. The sauce is even like a completely different consistency. So I just, he purely went based on color. Which is. You know what? You got to swing big to hit big. And and sometimes (laughs) when you miss, it's it's a real strikeout. Yeah. Uh, That is hilarious. I love that. And I I love that. Pick me up right at the beginning of this episode. A little chuckle. Stay tuned. I might got more in me. I might got. I might got more. <laughs> yes. You might got I, more in you. I, I've had a day. And so just like I, I've been drinking this very quickly, the weirdo concoction that I've made. And so. Sure. It doesn't taste the best. So my thought this is I mean, again, I did just tell a story of my father. So I the apple doesn't fall far. My brain is like, oh, you don't really like it? Ah, drink it fast just to get through it. That's not. Yep. No, that's, I mean, yeah, that's that's also where my brain would go, though. Like, oh, this isn't very good. Eat it faster. This isn't very good. Drink it down. Yeah, yeah I get it. Because waste not, want not. That's how we, but we were both raised that way. That's a, that definitely is, an, an, a yeah. trait that we share. Now, listen, I do want to mention very quickly before we get further into this. Yeah. When we recorded Fan Theories Volume 1, we intended to continue and record the next one that night. <laughs> yeah. That probably was ambitious anyway. Yes. But I was having internet problems, and unfortunately, the tech became too much for two <laughs> drunken buffoons, and we gave up is the point. So yeah. this is being recorded at a later time. So if we sound, A, more coherent... <laughs> B, we're wearing different clothes. Uh, These are the reasons why. So we just wanted to give you a heads up. But, you know, such as these things. You know what? Much like a shark, you just got to keep swimming or you'll die. So we just, you know, you improvise. You keep moving. I don't know. I'm really into the snaps today. I don't know what that's about. I think it's your extra sass coming out. 
Yeah. yeah. I just want to point out, not kidding, uh, yesterday I was I was just like buzzing around, like trying to get a thousand things done. And as soon as one was done, I moved on to something else. And my husband said something to me on like, why don't you just go sit? And my quote was like, I'm just, I'm a shark today. And he's like, I don't know what that means. I'm like, if I stop, I'm going to die. <laughs> yeah. He's like, all right. So uh, we got more things in that DNA than we bargained for. Yeah, we yeah. really did. And and I will only also share that one of the traits that I have, I don't know if you have this, but it's like boyfriend and I will be just relaxing on the couch, we'll be watching something, whatever, mm-hmm. and I'll be like, oh, I got to just hit hit the loo for a quick, quick uh, piddle. And all of a sudden he's like, what are you doing? And I'm like, oh, I just saw that I had this you know, cleaner here. And then I thought I'd just clean the counter. And then I realized that the mop head is dirty. And so then I put that in the laundry. And then I saw that there was this half finished project from two months ago. And then all of a sudden I've, 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 I've gone on to like 18 different things mm-hmm. and I'm like a hurricane. I can't stop uh, or a shark. I can't stop or I'll die. Yeah. Uh, and all through, like, I had no plan of it. It's just like when I, when the moment hits me, I just can't stop. There is an, my husband pointed this out to me one day because he referenced it and I didn't understand what he was talking about. There is an episode of Malcolm in the Middle oh. where the dad, Brian Cranston, he's he has to go do like he's trying. He needs to like fix a door, like a handle of like a, a drawer in the kitchen or something. So he's like, oh, I got to go get the screwdriver. So he goes to get the screwdriver, but then notices like, oh, oh, like this stair is a little wonky. So I better get something to fix that. Like, so it's just, it's never ending. So by yep. the end of the episode, the wife is like very pissed. How did you not do this? This was the one thing I gave you to do today. But he'd already done like 80 things to lead up to it because you do something else. Oh, oh, yep. got to go do that. And it just distracts you. And we quote that a lot because it happens all the time. It's yeah. just, it. I don't know if it's like memory of a goldfish <laughs> where you see something, you see something and you're like, oh, yes, yes, I have to do that. And your brain just is like, I got room for one and one only swipe. There goes the other idea. And you, yeah. you don't think of it until later when you come across something and you're like, oh, shit. Yeah, that's what I was doing all the time. Yeah. All the time. Listen, I feel seen. I feel seen. Yeah. So I appreciate that because, yeah, I am the same. That is so the way. All of a sudden, I'm like in the garage. I've got like the, the shop vac out. I'm cocking so, like cracks and things. It's just like, how do we go from watching The Mandalorian to you rebuilding your, your rock garden? And I'm like, I don't know. I can't answer it. It just happens. Okay. I think it's just all part of our magic. And I think that too. You never know what you're going to get. Nope. And you know what? Keeps them interested. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I mean, it, it also gives them red flags that were crazy. <laughs> but they love red flags. Come on. I mean, if they could make an outfit out of it, they would. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, 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 On that note, I got to yeah. know, what you drinking over there? Well, now, as... As we all know, our holiday hootenanny uh, was not that long ago. So I still had some of those ingredients kicking around and I wasn't quite done with the scoot because it turns out there was something about that cranberry mint combination. However, I was lazy and in a rush. 
So <laughs> essentially it's vodka, the rest of the cran cherry that I had left, some ginger ale, which had gone a bit flat, but waste not, want not. Of course. A couple of mint leaves thrown in as though that's going to do something. And then the frozen, the rest of the frozen cranberries. So I don't know what it is. It's it's a lazy scoot. <laughs> it's a lazy scoot. There was no muddling. Yeah. There was no shaking. It was just pour it all in, mix it with a straw. And at some point, one of those mint leaves is going to get caught in that straw. And I'm going to choke on it mid thing. You, I, yeah. Instead yeah. of the scoot, I feel like this is the kick rocks <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah it's like a rougher edgier like yeah. not nice you know it's still like get out of here yeah. kick rocks beat I, it i like that kick rocks was your like it's just not nice like that's just how pure you are i like that it's true uh, it's true there are far worse things i could be saying it is it is a dirtier version i don't why dirtier it is it's a meaner version it's the angry it's, scoot. Yeah, it's sloppier. It's a sloppier it's a, scoot. It's a sloppy scoot. It's a sloppy scoot. There it is. <laughs> we knew we'd get to it. What are you drinking? It. The sloppy scoot. Yeah. Ah, of course. Yeah. Of course. I think it would be okay if uh, the ginger ale wasn't flat. But again, that bottle cost me 98 cents and I'm going to use every drop. <laughs> every damn drop. I do the same yeah. thing constantly. I'll be like... Oh, God, this tastes terrible. It's flat. It doesn't do the same thing. And I'm like, well, drink it. Drink it. You paid for it. Come on. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, what do you do? Well, speaking of of sparkle, I've gone back to my roots. I've done something very simple. This is just a Tito's, a tangerine LaCroix, and some fresh lime. And I've put a lime on the glass. Because you're a classy bitch. Because I'm a classy bitch. Yeah. And you know what? You said it before, and I'll say it again now. If you're feeling sassy, put a, put some fresh lime in your drink. It really, it kicks anything up. It, it really does. does. Yeah. It really does. I mean, I hope for your sake it's on sale, but. <laughs> Again, in California, it is easier to come about limes most of the year. In oh. Canada and many places, that is not the case. They are an import. And yeah. I hear you. Ex- I hear you. Not just expensive, but like dead like they show up they're like brown and spotted <laughs> yeah. and it's just like i'm not gonna i'm not gonna pay high price 68 cents i'm not gonna pay high price for that yeah well it's not worth it it's not worth a dime if you ask me thank you you know what dead a little uh, little lime juice in these might have livened them right up well that is one of the ingredients technically well when, when it's a sloppy scoot. <laughs> when it's a sloppy scoot, you get rid of the lime. No lime, no look, time. Look, maybe no in, time, no lime. Maybe in the break. I'll grab the lime juice, just a little little squeeze. We'll see if I remember. I don't know. That feels years from now. <laughs> we'll it's, see. It is. In in twenty twenty time it is. Yep. Yeah. Because again, we are still in twenty twenty, though these dear listeners. You will be listening to this in twenty twenty one, which makes me have to get to my first point of yeah. this episode. There's so many. I'm curious about whether or not you typically, and if you will this year, make New Year's resolutions. I don't know if I'd say I make them. I mean, I have moments where I'm like, oh, yeah, I'd like to do that. And like 2019, going into 2020, I was like, you know what? I want to read more because I love reading and I don't feel like I read enough. And then I got to like... May and I'd read like 63 books and I was here for it. Wowzer. I I have had to had to cut that due to the research that I did not see coming. 
Um, but the joke is, I was so proud of how far I'd come. And there were all these people who were like, well, because of quarantine, I've read like a hundred books. And I'm like, ah, mine seems less impressive now. But this year coming up, I've decided, I just, I don't know how to go about it, but I need to learn how to take a compliment better. Oh. Because I, like, I did some stuff in 2020 I never would have thought. I could do. I'm not one with computers. I'm a bit of a nana. I don't know how technology works. Just ask uh, the gentleman who uh, edits our episodes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just, I'm not the best with it. But like I've taught myself using different photoshops and I've taught myself how to make, like I made our promo videos from scratch yeah. I had to figure that out and so I learned how to do it and I'm very proud of myself for that so I'm like you know what I just need to learn how to take a compliment because if someone says something pleasant to me I'm just like nope avert your eyes like I can't I can't I just don't know how to handle it and so I need to just be able to be like thank you yes you know I need to I need to figure that out but Listen, unlearning, unlearning these, these habits is always a journey, but yeah. I do think it is as simple at first as just trying to say thank you. Yeah. Without a tone. Losing the tone, I feel like, is the key, you know? That because be a also, big issue for me, yeah. Genuinely accepting it. You know what I mean? Like, if somebody mm -hmm. has something nice to say, whether you agree with them or not, it, the sentiment is kind. Yeah. I mean, as long as it's nice, I should just take it. Listen, it sounds you to know, me like you've got the self-awareness. You just you just need to put it into practice. Yeah. I mean, I've had a lot of uh, time spent with my therapist, a.k.a. co-host. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's an honor. It's so, a damn honor. Uh, so, yeah. I mean, I, I get what needs to be done. I just need to, I need to let go is what I need to do. And listen, yeah. knowing unlike G.I. Joe would have you think, is not half the battle. It's most of the battle. If, you know what I mean? if we had some sort of bingo card for this, yeah. I never would have had Lauren quotes G.I. Joe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know if that would have been on my top ten either. Wow. Like, did you watch uh, G.I. Joe as a child? I did. Always learning. Always learning, Always even learning. after a lifetime together. I know. Yeah, I was one huh. of the cartoons in my, like, regular rotation. I don't know. Wow. Yeah. I don't think I've ever seen it. You might like it. I mean, it's, I mean, I, I listen, I, I don't know what it was. I think it was just, yeah, I think it was just on in the same, in the order sure. on Saturday mornings, and I wasn't going to skip it. So I was like, all right, I'll invest. Show me Snake Eyes, you know? I don't, I don't know what that means, but... <laughs> Show me Cobra Commander, you know? I wanted to prove to people that I'd actually watched it. No, That's and, the point. Because I feel like people would be like, people would be like, I don't know. I did. So there, I, I feel like I proved it. Well, yeah. I, yeah, I've known nothing. <laughs> I know that there was a, a movie once about it. Like, they made, yeah. like, a live action thing yeah. that I've also never seen. I don't know how up... To date, I was on stuff as a kid. I was probably right. fairly far back. I wasn't the cool kids watching G.I. Joe. I was, God, what was something nerdy? Well, whatever it was, I would have watched it. 
Yeah, oh, sure. I was going to say the New Kids on the Block cartoon, but what was fucking cooler than that? The answer is... Also, I also watched that, so of course, yeah. Of course yeah. you did. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, Another yes. favorite of mine was yeah. Pro Stars. What's Did you ever Pro watch Stars? Pro Stars? It was Wayne Gretzky, Bo Jackson, oh and Michael God. Jordan. Yeah, that checks. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, I loved that thing. That's amazing. And the original Ghostbusters. Have we talked about this? Not the Ghostbusters, which is the huge franchise we all know, but there was one that was called, I believe, the original Ghostbusters, and there was a giant ape was one of the characters. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. I was obsessed with that thing. Obsessed. Wow. Yeah. I was like, Strawberry Shortcake was my homegirl. Mm-hmm. I, I, just <laughs> <laughs> I just can't say things normally. Like, for yeah. example, I enjoyed Strawberry Shortcake as a child. My Little Ponies and Care Bears were my jam. That was yeah. like my big thing. Like, there is an episode of uh Care Bears uh with uh oh, what's his name Sam, something Sam the pie man or something and he made crabby apple pies and it was this whole thing and it anytime somebody would take a bite of this pie it would make them angry which as you know in care a lot is not not great yeah and so at one point early on in our relationship I commented to my husband probably boyfriend at the time i said something about like an oh i love an apple pie and he's like as long as it's not a crabby apple pie and that was my moment of like we're gonna be together forever (laughs) i was like you also have seen that i i i also liked the really random stuff like there was one i i want to say it was like an australian cartoon she was red-haired her name was dot there was a movie dot and the smugglers I don't know that one. That was a big one for me. And Super Ted. Anytime we would go to the corner store to rent a videotape, which are words teenagers now don't know. Yep. I would always, always rent this one called Super Ted, which is a teddy bear who like he got like a a tear somewhere in him. And so he was like discarded. And then somehow, thanks to this alien that they just called the Spotted Man or the Spotty Man or something, yeah, he became a superhero. Oh. And I was obsessed with it. I tried to force my kids into it, and they were just like, what? I'm like, I know, it's weird. Just like it. No. No. That's a no-go on that. But Well, listen, I've never seen it. I will like it for you. Um, thank you. Yes. And, you know... I could keep this conversation going for ages about all of the cartoons I watched because I think what I'm learning is I watched a lot of TV, uh, which I'm comfortable with. TV um, raised us. Yeah, yeah, in a good way. Oh, Listen, yeah. I, I feel like, uh, absolutely. Uh, Scooby-Doo, for example, shout oh, out to the Scoob. My yeah. Pet Monster, She-Ra, yeah. um, you know, He-Man. There was so many. Dennis the Menace. These are all the ones I used to watch every day yeah. after school. Dennis the Menace. Yeah. Huh. Loved that one. Really? Loved it. Yeah. But uh, listen, I I also, to answer your question you didn't ask, I also, (laughs) I'm kidding. I'm totally kidding. No, I never used to make New Year's resolutions because I can't stand New Year's Eve. Sure. Too much pressure. Yeah. 
too much pressure. It have, everything has to be epic. It's always a thing. It, it's it's I get overwhelmed. I, it's just my least favorite holiday of the year. So then I've, you know, very kind of um, petulantly just refused to make resolutions. But a couple of years ago, I made a resolution that I was not going to speak negatively about my body or appearance to myself or to anybody else. And it changed my life completely. And it's, you know, very difficult. And I, I bring this up only because I know we have a very large contingent of uh, people who identify as women listening. Yeah. Uh, we have some people who identify otherwise as well who this might resonate with. And it may resonate with the men as well. But, um, you know, it's this year has been so hard. And it's, mm-hmm. I just feel like I have been challenged in my resolution for my resolution. That wasn't planned. You're welcome. <laughs> Because it's just, it's been so hard. And I don't know about anybody else, because I've seen a lot of these stories online of people who are like, in January, I weighed 300 pounds. Now I weigh 110. And I'm like, I eat everything. You know what I mean? Like, we're doing our best right now. Um, So I say this only in, I feel like for the first time in a few years, the pandemic has really kind of made me uh, deviate from being able to hold true to that resolution. And so for next year, I want to get back on that track. Uh, to, you know, if not uh, body positivity, then body acceptance, which is what a, a lot of what I've been learning about doing some reading online, um, which is, of course, if you can't find anything positive to say about your appearance, to just state facts. And I think this is a really cool tool. The idea being that you can, you know, I would say my eyes are green, my hair is brown. You just state the truths that you know are true. And some people find it helps ground them. And then over time, they can hopefully develop some you know, more positive feelings towards uh, their appearances. Which, listen, again, it's such a journey. It's such a journey in this whole mm-hmm. bizarre human experience that we all live in. But, yeah, I feel like it's important to get back on track and, and get that get that going again somehow or another. Does it help when strangers comment on my Instagram and say things like, hey, is she pregnant? No, it doesn't. Because the answer is, no, I'm not. I just have gained 10 pounds like a lot of other people have over the past year. Get off my back. You asshole. <laughs> but I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. And listen, you know, I, I, you know what it is? I'm spoiled because I am very lucky that I get, I would say like 99.9% positivity on all of my social media channels, which feels implausible for yeah. someone in the public eye. Uh, but I do. And so when there is the odd negative one, it does, sometimes it stings. Because listen, we're only human. We're only human. I mean, first of all, fuck that guy. <laughs> Thank you. you know? Yeah. Uh, second of all, I mean, sure, there's something to be said for people who come out and they just have negative things to say. Obviously, there's something negative about themselves, so they lash out and be negative towards others. Uh, but as far as your resolution, I think, couldn't we all just use a little more positivity Yes. In our lives. And a, mm-hmm. even if it means we have to bring it ourselves. Yeah, great I, point. I don't think there's a person on the planet that's like, oh, I'm just so sick of positivity. I would, I've would. i got I just, too much positivity in my life. Yeah, yeah, give me some crabby apple pie. I need to, <laughs> I need to I get need to, back. Yeah. I need to like level out a little. Yeah, yeah. that's a really good point. So actually. I, think, I think we could all use it. So I think it's, uh, I think it's really smart. And I think that makes you the teacher of the class because we could all learn a thing or two well 
Amen. Yeah. And I think that we're co-teachers on this situation because you really put that into a good context that I think is so true, especially coming on the, off of the heels of what I think most of us would consider one of the most difficult years in, in our lives thus far. Um, yeah. For, you know, reasons that we needn't get into. We all know it's been terrible. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> except yeah. this podcast. This is the one shining light, like a bright North Star, you know. Almost blinding. That's why I bet people, I think that's how people feel about us in general. Like, oh, they're fun, but sometimes a bit much. I just feel like that's got to be the reason this became a thing. Yeah. Because if we hadn't done this, I mean, who knows? Like if, if we hadn't have been in the situation of like, hey, we can do this in two different places, we may not have considered that we could do this at all. So, and now this podcast is the life preserver, <laughs> keeping, keeping me afloat. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I get it. Yeah. I mean, to keep with this water ocean metaphor. I'd prefer if you did. Someday there's going to be an episode or a research that's going to be my iceberg and I'm going to go down. <laughs> sure. But... I'll die happy. Amen. I don't know why I had to get dark, but I also would I not that- uh, make Leo go in the water. I would share that goddamn board. <laughs> I think we all would have. Good yeah. Lord. I think there was also a show that proved that if they did keep rotating, yeah. then they would have both stayed alive. Yeah. There also has been things like some, I'm assuming it's somebody on Reddit because it's always somebody on Reddit. They, mm-hmm. like, taped out on the floor the exact, like, size and shape of the the wood and then showed, like, all of the various combinations of how the two people could have fit on that one thing. But, like, yeah. Yeah, I mean, to this day, just still a little bit of anger at Kate Winslet. And I know that's not fair. It was a character she played. My anger should be at James Cameron. Because he's kind I think of most, garbage, isn't he? Most people's anger should be at James Cameron, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like the time uh, his ex-wife won like a best director over him. Yep. And his reaction was like an, ah, I could strangle you. It's like, or be supportive. <laughs> <laughs> You've had so much in your career. Maybe spread it around. Yeah. Yeah, yeah well, he seems awful. I mean, and he hadn't debuted uh, Avatar yet, had he? I don't know. I don't the remember fact- the timeline. The fact that they're still going with those. Oh, Oh, for those listening who aren't watching this, my sweet uh, four-pound chihuahua peaches, she was really glued to me today, and some days she is. So she is currently swaddled in a blanket, and (laughs) she's she's hanging basically around around my body in a supernatural uh, kind of, um, I don't know what material we would call this, but a a bag, like a purse. Yeah, uh, like Like a a cotton poly. Like, there it is. Like a collie yeah. potten tote. Collie potten. <laughs> That's where we're at. Polly cotton tote. Anyway, she's in here. She just kind of nods off here and there. So if you hear a weird grumble that sounds vaguely like Marge Simpson or her sisters, <laughs> it's coming from her because that's the noise she makes when she sleeps usually. <laughs> anyway, that's Sweet Peaches. So I she's love half that Peaches sounds like a Simpsons character when she sleeps. And my Evie sounds like a tiny bugle. <laughs> Yes. Which is amazing. I also love that she's in 
a supernatural tote. And I stand by if she was people or if she could understand the show, I think she'd love it. She'd love it. She'd for sure love it. Yeah. Uh, I have a couple of different slings, like doggy slings for her, but I couldn't find them. This was on hand. It was a similar mm-hmm. size and shape. I was like, this this makes sense. You're yeah, resourceful. I, look, if nothing else, that is true. Uh, but yeah, she's just sometimes she's a very, uh, lately she's been very kind of like she needs to know where I am at all times. Oh. So like as long as she knows I'm in the house, she's okay. So if I'm in the bathroom, then she'll like run and like just look at me and then leave. Like, okay, you're there. Gotcha. Cool. Just want to make sure. That is... She hurts my heart. She hurts my heart. Beautiful. Yeah. And I mean, I say that as someone who has not really been able to go to the bathroom alone for (laughs) well over a decade. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Just just the tiny little fingers under the door that are just like, Mom, I need a drink. And it's like... You walk past a parent to ask me for one. <laughs> Go back. Uh, and now now that they don't uh, do that as often and will leave me be, the cats. The cats want nothing to do with me. We have recently opened the basement up to them, so they're now allowed to go downstairs as they please and they love it down there. So they spend most of their time down there. But if they hear somehow that I'm in a bathroom. They're like, oh, I need a pet now. So they will sit outside the bathroom door and cry the saddest cry in the world. And so I just talk with them because I can't do anything about it. And I'm just like, I'm sorry. And it's, it's just, just give me a minute. Like it's a back and forth and I feel really bad about it. But it's like, it's, it's been years. Give me just a small break. Wait till I'm done. I will pet you for hours if you let me. Just let me be done. But of course, I open the door. They're gone. Yep. Heartbreaking. Yeah. Classic cat games. Absolutely. All right. Let's get into some fan theories. Again, this is volume two. We hope you enjoyed volume one. If you haven't listened to volume one yet, maybe go back. Go back to that. Uh, Listen to that before this. But we got so many great ones. We want to reiterate this again. It is hard to kind of cull the herd of them. We're going to have more fan theories episodes coming up, you know, down the road. So if you didn't hear yours, don't give up hope. And also, if you haven't sent yours yet, please make sure you email them. Theories at truecrimeandcocktails.com. And maybe you'll be read in a future episode. You don't know if you don't play. So we're going to get into Mystery on the Rooftop. Now, this was obviously one that had a lot of people talking. Yeah. uh, Both uh, to us and to people uh, I meet who I talk about Unsolved Mysteries to. They always bring up Mystery on the Rooftop. This, of course, happened in May 2006 in Baltimore. The victim was Ray Rivera. Uh, In May of 2006, newlywed Ray Rivera mysteriously disappeared. Eight days later, his body was found in an abandoned conference room at the historic Belvedere Hotel. While both... Wow. Here we go. While Baltimore police are quick to label the case a suicide, Ray's family suspects foul play. Now, I do want to reiterate again that we we put out a call that if you had specific pronouns you wanted us to use to please let us know. No one specified, as far as I know. No. So that is why we're making assumptions. Uh, again, if you submit yours and you have specific pronouns, just let us know. We'd be happy to use them. Yeah. All right. So our first theory comes from Megan. Megan says, hear me out. <laughs> I love this. Yeah. 
Ray was working for the police because of his friendship with Porter. He was able to get close and get information slash access. And the reason the police are saying it's a suicide is because they have a bigger fraud investigation that is ongoing and they can't investigate the homicide without showing their hand. The note taped to the computer was a code used with his police handler. Someone on the police force is also on Porter's payroll, which is how Porter found out and explains why Ray was tortured before being staged at the Belvedere. Also explains how they lawyered up so quickly and that they all had an alibi. I think Megan's on the money here. What do you think? Oh, this makes absolute sense to me because I just, again, people can say what they want. I just don't believe that he jumped from that. I don't, I, I feel like he was absolutely staged there. And the idea, like Porter and most of the people in associated with him and his company just seem so dirty. Like there are, it's gotta be some fraud investigations going on. So you would think it makes sense that the police would be doing some sort of investigation. So I totally buy that they would use somebody who's close to him to try and get more information. That makes sense to me. I like Absolutely. It. And listen, is it possible? I'm just building on this in the moment. Is it possible that Ray found himself kind of mixed up in something because we do know that he was in, in debt at the time of his death. And of right. course he was doing these things with Porter who we have established is just as a fact, very shady. Is it feasible mm-hmm. that Ray got caught by the police doing something, make some sort of deal with them. Listen, mm-hmm. I'll spy on Porter. I'll get you more information to avoid his own potential jail time. Yeah. Porter becomes aware of this and has him taken out. I think that that's, I mean, I know that sounds like a movie pot plot, but I really do think that that is a huge, has a huge chance of being possible. Movie plots come from somewhere. Thank you very much. I love now, that I just like erased imagination, but still, movie <laughs> plots come from somewhere. They do. I, it, it absolutely could happen. Yeah. So I could I could totally see it where it's like an I'm in trouble. It's like well you've never really done anything before and you're you're on the lower rung. We want the big fish. Yeah. We want that guy. You've got the in. You can help us. Because I mean, come on. Yeah, and I think the fact that Porter has never been helping the police. Ray was apparently mm-hmm. his best friend. Did nothing to help them. As Megan mentioned, lawyered up right away conveniently had an alibi which christy also debunked in the episode charm city helicopters just a reminder uh we appreciate you and appreciate all you've done and we'd like a hat just a hat please look everybody we can't reach out to them okay if we reach out to them we look weird all right but if you dear listeners want to you know let charm city helicopters know that they've got some big fans on this podcast and that they can maybe yeah shoot a hat this way i mean we wouldn't stop yous that's all i'm saying yeah and hey charm city episode four we do some great work for you we do so namaste watch us get a cease and desist please stop mentioning our company in your podcast (laughs) we don't want to be associated with murder alibis i mean look i will print it out cut it out and tape it to a hat that'll be as (laughs) be as close as I get 
And again, we'll be yeah. slapped with a restraining order at that point. I'm kidding. I mean, seriously. to be fair, we did we not in that episode? I mean, I realized that was like years ago, but did we not like give them some pretty solid advertising jingles? I think we did. In the moment, or at least with... like a slogan of some sort. Like I feel like we came up with like some sort of good ad of that they could use. I don't know that we did then, but it does feel like something like Charm City helicopters will get you there real fast. <laughs> right? I I really love that a lot. I, I feel like I, I missed a calling and doing in making jingles, honestly. Oh my god, you would annihilate in that field. Right. I feel like You've got the improviser brain. I feel like you could do it on the fly if you needed to. But especially like if you're given like a little bit of time, just nonstop gold. Like if you ever consider a career change, better buy some shelving for all those awards you're going to (laughs) get. Absolutely. Absolutely. They have have awards for that, right? They do. Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, then there we go. Then. Then I stand by that. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. and you're going to you're going to see them in my den in about 15 years when I give up the goat. I'm kidding. God forbid. But who knows? Anyway, <laughs> we've had a week. We've had a week. Anyway, um, you know what I wanted to say, though, very quickly about the mystery on the rooftop case. Here yeah. is a dream that I have for you and I. I want us to go to Baltimore. OK, when it's safe. Although Baltimore, I don't know. Listen, all I know about Baltimore is the wire, and that doesn't seem very safe. But anyway, (laughs) when it's COVID safe, I want us to get a dummy. That's the height and weight of Ray Rivera. How we do this, I don't know, but I want us to do it. I want us to go there, go to the Belvedere, go up on that roof, throw it off, because I think my guess is it's not going to fall through that, that ceiling. I just don't buy it. Yeah. Um, first of all, I'm on board. <laughs> Second of all, I can try and bring it with me on the plane, but that's going to cost us another seat. We are going to have to pay for an additional seat. Yes. I, it's either that and I like wheelchair this body through. I would totally, we'd weekend at Bernie's it <laughs> when, when we have to give up the wheelchair before we get to the uh, parking lot. Yeah. We just have to weekend at Bernie's this thing all the way with the hat and the sunglasses so that people aren't as creeped out by it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm Maybe already we... I'm already envisioning how I'm going to make this. I should not make it. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I mean, the amount of weights and whatnot that would have to go into this to make it accurate. I'm just yeah. saying, listen, if we can't, let's just say, let's just say, God forbid, the life-size dummy doesn't work out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I still think that I would love to go with you yeah. to Baltimore. I want to go to the Belvedere. I want to see all the sights that we can see. Yeah. And we record it, or we at night when we go back to our hotel, we record episodes for the, for the podcast. What do you think? I'm upset that the Belvedere isn't a hotel anymore and that they have oh, condos yeah. because I would love, maybe one will be on like an Airbnb because I would love to be like recording Oh, wait, wait, wait. Here we go. Yep, 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 yep. Coming live to you from the Belvedere. I mean, I would love it. 
I I'm gonna I'm gonna look into this because if it's a condo building, chances are there's yeah. gonna be Airbnbs in there. You would think so. Oh and yeah. I I I will dust off the maps. We'll make it a walking tour, and I'll be like, so this is where the car was found. I mean, we could we could maybe recoup some of the costs of the flight for me and uh faux ray um and uh maybe we just like make a small sign of like we are doing a walking tour of this five bucks if you want to join and here's some info we might i mean some people might see that as like panhandling but like (laughs) i i just see us as being educational and entrepreneurs (laughs) entrepreneurs we have had that spirit within us all along and we're better for it i also love the idea of us sitting in a hotel room late at night trying to record one of these just seeing how it goes seeing how sloppy scoot it gets yeah me too yeah Uh, Listen, Megan, thank you so much for your theory. We love it. We think there's a lot of plausibility in there. Yeah. Christy, you want to take this next one? Yeah, yeah. Uh, So our next one is from Jacqueline. Jacqueline says, I do not think that Ray was ever in or on the Belvedere. I believe someone, most likely Porter, lured him out by placing that phone call to him. I think he went straight to the Stansbury building and was killed there. I think this was a professional job, someone hired by someone hired by Porter or Stansbury. This hired person staged the room at the Belvedere to make it look like Ray had fallen through. Ray definitely had come across something that the Stansbury people fee- felt he shouldn't have. I think the three attempted break-ins at his home was someone trying to get in and remove the info that Ray had. In my opinion, there would have been so much physical evidence in or on the hole in the roof, blood, skin, ripped clothing, etc. I also think the rooftop footage was deleted because it proved that Ray was never on the roof. Oh, I love this. Jacqueline, I love this. I think that there's a lot of I'll say it again, plausibility here. Yeah. Um, here's the one other thing. And I know that we touched on this before, but let's go back to it. Uh, I just don't understand because they said in the episode that the hole was like, it would have been very tight for yeah. a body to go through that hole. And I'm like, and I don't have obviously any knowledge or research on personally about if people jump off buildings or fall off buildings, if they would be in sure. pike position, like straight up and down vertical. But it feels to me that if that's possible and he jumped kind of feet first. Yeah. Or head first for that matter. I guess he could have gone through head first. Like diving? But then is your head going to break concrete and and wood and drywall and electric wires and everything? Like that doesn't seem possible. And if he went feet first, his legs it feels like would have just snapped and shattered. uh, You know, and then he would have been kind of like sprawled like a traditional crime scene situation yeah uh and and the other thing that we know is that only one of his legs was broken and that that i believe didn't someone comment uh one of the medical examiners that it seemed like it was like blunt force that that break in that leg i think so i mean they definitely i remember the emmy and that like took ray's wife allison aside and was like something's not right i can't say anything but this does not add up don't let them tell you that this is a suicide because I don't think it was 
And yeah, if you're going to go feet first and your feet come like from like 130 feet or whatever it was down and hit hard, both of those, like your legs, at least from like knee down are going to just like shatter, right? It's just going to crumple. Well, how weak was this roof? Like how weak was this ceiling? Like it feels like even an old, old building. I just don't know that it's that easy to like jump through a roof. Yeah. It feels to me like I agree with Jacqueline. This happened somewhere else. They went to move the body. Maybe they knew somebody working at the Belvedere or something. There was this convenient hole that was had, was already there, maybe from something else, and they yeah. and they staged it. They got him in there somehow and staged it. Or they could have dropped him through that hole potentially. I could also buy that. But I don't know that I buy much like Jacqueline saying that his body caused that hole. That just seems yeah. It just I doesn't agree. add up. I agree. There's something not right with it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, listen, Jacqueline, we love it so much. Thank you for your note. Oh, this next this next one is from Leslie Seiler, friend of the podcast, my other best friend. Leslie Seiler writes, right before you said it on today's episode, was the note clues? I was screaming, was it clues? Did anyone check the DVD cases of the movies in question? This is a great point. Really I, good point. I want to know, does Ray's widow have these movies great question because what if yeah you open it maybe it's as simple as like you open it up and there's something inside maybe it's like a little tiny letters have been cut out so when you pull out the paper from the jacket you can put it on that note that he left and it will give you what he's actually saying that's some kind of cipher thing or something isn't it what are those yeah they have a name i don't remember what they are no i think that that's what it's called because they've been talking about that in regards to the zodiac killer his cipher right i think that that is the right term uh and i'm sure that someone will correct us if we're wrong but yes i i think that this is brilliant and it's a great point if he potentially had all those dvds who knows these were apparently his quote favorite movies that's what she referenced in the episode that he had written out this very long list of movies and she was like oh these are all his favorite movies it's feasible then that he could have owned them all on dvd or Blu-ray, for the millennials listening. Um, uh, but yes, I think that this is totally true. What happens if you open up each of those cases, a letter falls out, you put it in the order, maybe it was a message. Yeah, I think that that's brilliant, and I think that if the detectives on this case didn't look into that, huge misstep. I mean, I yeah, I'm not saying I'm the most brilliant person in the world, but I did not even consider it, so I think this is fantastic. Yeah. I I, I hate that she probably doesn't own those movies anymore. Or if she does, if you're listening, Allison, dust them off, inspect them, or better yet, contact us and we'll make you part of the tour. We'll stop <laughs> by, we'll meet you, we'll we'll buy you lunch. Yeah. I mean, I feel sure. like it's the least we could do is comp her lunch, right? <laughs> She's had a rough go, so yeah. Yeah, yeah. I feel like we do that. And then just, I I want to take, like, file boxes full of DVDs on some sort of cart, and I want to take them to a hotel with you, and we just video the two of us going through each of these. And sure, maybe there's something, but then it could just be, like, two hours of us going, huh, nothing, huh? Uh. All right, what do you got? Have you seen this? We should see this. And then it'll be us distracted Yep. watching this and then we'll put yep. it in and we'll be like oh 
but we need snacks. And then we'll get to a store and we'll be like, oh, magazines. We need magazines. <laughs> <laughs> Before you know it. Yeah. We're sitting somewhere at a bar yep. having a drink. And suddenly we're like, what were we doing? Yep. We were doing something. We had lunch with Allison. What else did we, what were we doing? Ah, and then we'll remember and we'll, we'll go back. But like, we will. It'll, It'll be take the exact same thing we were talking about earlier, which is just <laughs> this complete wild goose chase we take ourselves on. Uh, my dream, of course, is that then when we get back, we look down and it says something and then we yell, you guessed it, that's our scumbag! <laughs> what I like, yeah, this is the final episode of season <gasps> one. That's right! And what I like is you have bookended the first season with some Jeff Daniels scumbag. And that feels very right. This feels right. I like the callback. It gives me joy thinking about it. I mean, no joke. When we talked about doing the Halloween episode and we were going to do, we talked about doing costumes, but then we ended up kind of forgetting and very last minute we're like, oh shit, we didn't do costumes. I literally was going to have a tie and a shirt with a blonde wig so that you're like, what the hell is she supposed to be? And then I was going to like pick up a phone and go, we got our scumbag. Like I was going to do the whole bit. And it's like, it only would have worked if I did the bit. It wouldn't have worked as just a costume. But I'm like, I, I would have looked like, I, I think his name was Chris McDonald from Mad TV when he was Stuart. Mike McDonald. Mike McDonald. Sorry. Yeah. Cause Chris McDonald was Shooter McGavin, right? I think so. Is that right? I don't know. I don't know. The point is, I would have yeah. looked like Stuart from Matt TV, yeah. which is not, yeah. not a compliment. Uh, <laughs> so it wouldn't have worked out really as a as a Halloween costume. But listen, that I, all is I have to say soul. is there's always next year. We we just gotta we just gotta get on it earlier because I don't know if I can find a phone like that. I may have to make one. <laughs> For the bit. <laughs> well, if I know you as well as I do, you'll get it done. Listen, Leslie Seiler, thank you so much. That is such a great insight, and I really do think there could be something to that. Listen, before we get to the next fan theories, I think we need to take a quick little break. Refresh your drink, hit the loo, and we'll be right back with more fan theories on this episode of True Crime and Cocktails, Unsolved Mysteries Edition. What's up, everybody? This is Lauren Ash, and I hope you are enjoying this episode of True Crime and Cocktails Unsolved Mysteries Edition. A couple of quick reminders. If you're looking for any of the visuals Christy mentions in this or any of our episodes of the podcast, make sure to follow us at True Crime and Cocktails on Instagram. There she posts a case file with all the relevant visuals for each episode of the show. If that's not enough for you, you want a little bit more, go to our website, truecrimeandcocktails.com. There, Christy posts extensive virtual case files. This is literally everything she finds in her research. It's a treasure trove of deep dives, and it's all there for your enjoyment. 
Also on the website, you can find our full unedited Zoom episodes of the show if you'd like to watch rather than listen. And make sure to give us a follow on Facebook at True Crime and Cocktails, Twitter at Not Detectives, and the most important piece of information, if you like the show, please, wherever you listen to it, give us a nice rating. Go on to Apple, leave us a nice review. I know it sounds like a silly cliche, but the truth is it really goes a long way in this crazy podcast world, and your support means the world to us. But enough about all that. Get yourself another drink, sit back, and enjoy the rest of the show. Welcome back, everybody, to True Crime and Cocktails Unsolved Mysteries Edition Fan Theories Volume 2. So excited to get to these theories. Now, I've got to say, the episode that I think we got the most response about is the one we're about to talk about, and that is, of course, A Death in Oslo. We received an overwhelming amount of theories about this episode. It's it's truly amazing. It really does feel like this is the one that people feel the most passionately uh, about trying to figure out, at least in, in terms of our own theorizing about it. So I'm very excited to get into these. Because really, it's the only episode we've done where the victim is also a mystery. Not just what happened to her, but who she is. So it just, I think it made everybody's brain implode. Like, we just don't know how to handle it. Yeah. And everyone is just on board with, like, these are what, this is what we think. And the the hard majority of stuff we got was from this very specific case. I love it. Well, let's get yeah. into it. Uh, just to recap, for those who are interested, this is, of course, A Death in Oslo. It's our episode seven of the podcast. This took place in 1995. And, of course, the victim is, well, we know her as Jennifer Fairgate. Who knows if that's her real name? All right. To recap, in May 1995, a security guard at the luxury Oslo Plaza Hotel knocks on room 2805 to check on a guest when he hears a gunshot. After going for help, the security guard returns to the room to discover that the guest, Jennifer Fairgate, is dead. The police immediately suspect suicide. However, some of Jennifer's personal effects appear to be missing. And when the hotel looks into their records, they discover that all of the information that Jennifer gave them is false, including her name. What a mystery. What a mystery. Well, listen, you want to take the first one of these? Yeah, yeah, sure. This one came from Instagram. We've got at Brighton Erica. Yep. Does that feel right? I think so. I also realized I did not apologize in advance to anybody. If I happen to say their name incorrectly, I'm just a boob. (laughs) (laughs) So so no, no offense is meant. Just a boob. At Brighton Erica says... My gut initially says she is a trafficking victim. Your hypotheticals about the hotel staff make me wonder who was staying in the hotel at the time. For instance, if there was a VIP guest at the time, the hotel might have wanted to cover up when a murder happened to avoid publicity or alarming someone's security team. Or could she have been connected to a VIP guest in some way? And how do the hotel or police not know who was staying in room 2816? Great question. Great question. It just feels like either the hotel staff there was completely incompetent (laughs) and had no (laughs) sense of uh, real commitment Mm -hmm. to Mm -hmm. things like systems, rules, etc. Or it does feel like they have to be involved in some way. Whether it's an individual at this hotel who happened to be involved in something or if this hotel as an entity is connected to something a little nefarious... It just yeah. feels impossible that they would not know who these guests are. As somebody, listen, 
as somebody who has stayed in a lot of hotels because of my job, they know where you are. They know what you're doing. They are like in your business. I just feel <laughs> like it just seems impossible mm-hmm. again because mm-hmm. this, as we know, is a very high end hotel. This isn't like it's some, yeah. you know, middle of nowhere motel where, you know, maybe it's a little more lax. This just feels like there's got to be a connection to people in the hotel. And I do also just want to reiterate again. Something about that security guard doesn't sit right with me. The fact that he was like, I knocked mm-hmm. on the door and immediately there was a gunshot. Then I hid for a while because I didn't want to use my radio. Then I went for help. It was like, what are the chances that the second he knocked on the door, he would hear a gunshot? Like that exact second. Yeah. And I mean, none. from what I can remember, none of the guests staying on that floor ever heard a gunshot. Only he claims to have heard a gunshot. So, you know, like, it just it just feels like a red flag. Huge red flag. Huge red yeah. flag. And, of course, for people who maybe have forgotten or haven't even listened to or haven't even watched the show, Room 2816, where, of course, they don't know who was staying there, the newspaper yeah. from Room 2816 was found in, uh, we'll call her Jennifer because that's what she was yeah. going by, was found in Jennifer's room after she had died so either she stole it walking by or I think what is you know seems to be more the case is probably that she knew this person and was in that room at some point yeah the only fingerprints found on that newspaper were a mystery person like they they weren't Jennifer's fingerprints right and I would like to think they would have tested like against the fingerprints of everybody who worked at the hotel but well, my question is also, was it on the actual newspaper or was it on the bag? Because they're, I mean, tr- typically they put in, in nicer hotels, right. they put the newspaper in a bag and then like hang it on your handle. Sure. So I think it was just on the bag. Interesting. But if it was in yeah. the newspaper, like deep in the newspaper, then it would prove that it probably wasn't a hotel employee because why are they reading through your entire newspaper? Right. Well, catch up on current events. <laughs> but why well, that not, one? You know, they have access well, to all kinds not, of newspapers. Sure, but they're not doing their job anyway. So Well, not they, in this place. Yeah. Not in this yeah. place. Yeah, trafficking, it does, you know, obviously it's also, you know, I think the sad reality also to remember is is that human trafficking has, has been around for, you know, basically all of time, very tragically. And so, you know, we should also remember that even though that sounds like something that's so, you know, unbelievable, it, it, it actually is a real possibility, sadly, that that could have had something to do with it. So was this a hub? You know, was this hotel involved? Because they had VIP guests. I don't need to tell you, VIP uh-huh. guests, people who have a lot of money, sometimes are into some very shady shit. Are these people who are looking mm-hmm. for the company mm-hmm. of someone, uh, you know what I mean, in a way that is not yeah. legal uh, uh, whatsoever? Does this hotel help provide those services and do it in a discreet manner? These are all solid, uh, solid theories. I love that you're bringing new theories in a theories episode. I can't be stopped. But you know. And I don't want you to stop. Thank you. And the thing is, is that uh, for me and the way my brain works, it's the more we talk it out, then it makes me start to think of things. Like I am inevitably after every episode texting Christy after we finish. And I'm like, I have an idea. Like it always is like, I need time to process. But I do feel like, I feel like the, the, the hotel just has to be involved in some way. Again, whether it was one individual 
who is kind yeah. of doing this thing on the sly or if there is a, you know, general kind of underground seedy aspect to this hotel, I think they have to be involved. I agree. I also just want to take us off the rails just briefly yeah. because you made me think of something. The next time we can be in person, buckle up because as you know, as there always is, there's going to be a schedule. Yes. On day one of that schedule. Yeah. We are going to pick a case and we're going to, we're going to research it together. Yes. I'm going to buy the largest whiteboard I can, the larger, the better for the sake of making you laugh. Uh, because that is that is my uh, my goal always, and to get some sort of reaction. And I just feel if I get one so big that I have to wheel it out to reveal it, <laughs> and then we each we have different color coded markers. We watch the episode, we write some notes on it, we figure out, and then it's us back and forth. I mean, I won't get the the beautiful like shock reveal of you reacting to something that I say. But I'll have had the joy of us doing this whole thing together. But it's going to be like a quick thing because we usually only get a few days. So we're going to have to pick one, research it hard. We can show pictures of the whiteboard. I'm already now thinking, where can I get such a whiteboard? I don't know, but I'm going to find out. There's (laughs) part of me that's like, do we do a 24-hour challenge where we stay up for 24 hours and we only have 24 hours to research it and then at hour 23, we record the podcast. (laughs) It's the best and the worst idea I think I've ever had. Well, coming in hot is going to be this (laughs) this idea. I'm going to convince my husband and I'm sure he's going to say yes because he, well, he's not going to go. Yeah, sure. He's going to go. All right. (laughs) You and I, we're going to, we're going to lock ourselves in this very office that I'm in right now. And I'm saying my house, not yours, because I feel like this is more allowed at my house. We're going to skip the whiteboard. We're going to get some fucking Sharpies and go on the walls like fucking crazy. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, when we did the promos for this yeah. originally and I had to make the murder board, I was like, do you mind if I hang up a bunch of stuff on the wall and it'll have to stay up for a few days just in case what we film needs to be refilmed or whatever. And he's like, all right. So we have like just thumbtack prints or holes throughout that one side of our wall. So, I mean, if I'm willing to paint over it, maybe we just... I mean, I, I do like the idea of wheeling in a, like, I love you being in a room and hearing that, like, <laughs> of, like, the wheels, <laughs> the wheels and what, of me wheeling out a comically large, and it flips. <gasps> Can it flip? I was just going to say, the moment where the oh. whiteboard is filled, and I go, but wait a minute, what are we going to do? And you just go, <laughs> and it flips to a clean side. Absolutely. What I like is the the more we do sound effects, the more I feel like we've become whose line is it anyway. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. Yes. Oh, God, I can't wait. I can't. We have so many plans for when the world opens back up. Like, I feel like we're both going to need to to block off like a month. Oh, my gosh. What if we go to Oslo? Neither of us have ever been to Europe. And let's go to a country where we don't know the language at all. <laughs> yeah. I mean, look, how many cases are we going to get through? We have to at least do some sort of episode 
when we're together, I love the, uh, this 24 hour challenge. I mean, we are probably going to have to lock ourselves in a hotel. Yeah. Will it be weird to go into a hotel with your own wheeled version of a whiteboard? Not if it's this hotel, because they apparently don't have rules. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, my God. I just love the idea of, like, we pick the hotel that's, like, literally a block from my house. And it's like, oh, are you taking the car? It's like, well, the whiteboard won't fit in the car. So we're going to wheel this down the street. I also love what's going to happen around hour 20 for me. And it's going to be yeah. me begging you, can I please just take a very quick nap? Yeah. And it'll well, be a terrible idea. I'm going to look over and you will have pulled your hood up because you'll be inevitably wearing a hoodie mm -hmm. because around hour 18, you'll start feeling a bit dozy and getting chilled. And so you'll have the hood on and you'll pull it up and I'll look over and you'll just be slightly dozed with like a marker in your hand. Yep. And I'll be like, okay, let her, let her go. You can look into this and I'll find something and you'll wake up to like, aha! <laughs> and it'll, you'll try to act like you were awake the whole time and I'll try to do my best for like, I, of course you're just going to uh, be night rider you know, all over again. That's what I yeah. know. I can't wait. I can't wait either. I can't wait. Listen. God bless it. All right. Thank you, at Brighton Erica. Yes, I, I think that there really is something to perhaps how the hotel staff was involved, who were the VIPs, et cetera, et cetera. All right, next. This comes from Megan. Megan writes, Jennifer is a high-end prostitute or she was a sex slave and whoever killed her took the bottoms to avoid any clients being identified through DNA interesting because mm -hmm. what she's referencing here in case you're not remembering at the time of her death there was no bottoms found in jennifer's room so there was bras right. shirts underwear kind of like lingerie things but there was no pants no shorts right so it was like well how was yeah. she getting around i think all she had was her like silky pajama shorts that she was wearing when she died yeah it was the only sort of bottom thing of any kind that she had. This is a very interesting point. Was she killed yeah. and the evidence, quote unquote, taken and they just were like, well, to be safe, let's take all the bottoms because that would be the thing that this could potentially have been found on. Yeah. I mean, that makes sense to me. Yeah. I think that that's a really great point. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> waiting for you <laughs> dum dum over here is just going like yeah it makes sense and then i was like my brain is not understanding how to elaborate on that so i was like here's the thing during the break i did get the lime juice to just just put a little in the thing is i'm used to the kind of lime juice if you can't get fresh because i didn't have fresh because 68 cents. Uh, <laughs> so normally I have the, I buy the little lime juice and you just take the cap off and squeeze it in. Well, this is a, you take the cap off and glug, glug. A glug would have been fine. I glug, glug, glugged. Uh. And uh, it is a sharp lime. So it, it, it does help. So it takes away from the flat of the pop or soda if I may. Thank you. It is tart and very distracting. And so I uh, I dropped the ball there. 
<laughs> when you lifted me up for the reaction and I just sat there and stared blankly. But listen, I think Megan is on to something. I think it there has to be something for why the specific clothes that were missing were missing. Absolutely. She wasn't where she didn't like the outfit she had that she checked in wearing wasn't even there. Like, where did the skirt go? She left for multiple hours at a time. So you can't tell me she was walking around Oslo in just a pair of little like pajama silk shorts. Yeah, that doesn't make any sense. No. Yeah. No. I love it. Thank you for that, Megan. We appreciate it. We've got Jazz. Jazz says, I had that gut feeling that it was a spy work thing. Her clothes were all black, something worn that's not easily seen, and any proof of identity was taken makes a lot of sense if it is work of a secret agent of sorts. I also do think that some of the hotel staff are in on it. I do not trust the security guard and the guy at reception. Yep. Totally agree. Who, like, yes, I understand it was busy because the last flight into town had just arrived not too long before. So I understand it was very busy and they were just quickly trying to get people in. But it was a swanky hotel. Yeah. And you let somebody check in who didn't fill out the full card they were supposed to. You didn't get ID from them. And they hadn't, you, you did not register any sort of way for them to pay. Which is crazy to me because then they let her days later extend her visit right without paying so she the only thing she paid for in this whole time of being there i think she ended up staying there for like four days or four five days the only thing she paid for she paid for uh food when it came now and that was it do you happen to know and i'm springing this on you i realize that but do you happen to know did she just order the one meal from room service or was it was there other food that she had ordered in the days prior or or we don't know from my understanding it was just the one and see that's weird too because that proves that she has to well i yeah. mean it doesn't prove that she has to have been eating but it feels like you know was she eating elsewhere during this time with who you know mm-hmm. who else had access to her in this room uh, it does feel again as we know all of the tags were cut out of her clothes so that is also what we have learned to be a telltale sign that it is also a spy. That's something that we've learned that spies have said that they do. Christy found that in her research uh, when we did that episode. So yeah, secret agents completely make sense. And, you know, maybe somebody cleans up, you know, is it her own organization? I don't know how spies work. Okay. But let's just say there's a spy org. Okay. Well, oh, yeah. And and she's doing work for them, and then they decide she's been compromised or they don't want to work with her anymore or whatever. I'm assuming they're cutthroat. They're spies. Well, yeah. <laughs> so did her spy organization, for example, kill her and then take all of the stuff that would prove who she is? If spy organizations weren't cutthroat, we would have heard about them by former spies. You're right. You're we right. would have former spies who were like, ah, oh, dude, we would find them on fucking LinkedIn and they would be like, I'm, I'm looking for work. Yeah. I am, you know, these are my skills. I worked for this country for a while. Like you would find these people somewhere. But the fact that you don't, I mean. 
Well, they probably know that if they do blab, then they'll, mm-hmm. you know, that uh, that makes sense to me. Yeah, I do think that that's yeah. also a possibility that whoever she was working for, if she was a spy, that they were the people involved, and then then they're in the wind. You know, I think that that's probably oh yeah, you know, virtually impossible. Maybe she wanted to get out. Maybe she was tired of living the life, wanted to get out of whatever the heck she was in. Maybe her checking into that hotel under a false name. Maybe this was her, like, trying to hide out. Absolutely. And maybe whoever was in the other room was someone from this organization. And they have some sort of deal where they pay off the front desk and or the security to look the other way. They said, we know Jennifer's here Mm -hmm. in this room. Put us a few rooms down in that hallway and don't tie us to the room. I mean, I think that's possible, too. If it's not coming to Lifetime (laughs) Fall 2021. Yeah. Written by True Crime and Cocktails. True Crime and Cocktails presents. (gasps) I mean, if we could have our own true crime series. I would live for it. Oh, yes. I would also, as you know, we haven't spoken of this in months, but I would love to get a book series going about a couple of sisters that are a little goofy that, you know, are doing uh, like maybe a true crime podcast. Maybe they stumble upon an actual crime. Maybe things get dangerous. Maybe the redheaded, like, super awkward one is married to someone who happens to look like John Krasinski. You don't know <laughs> John Krasinski. I love it. That it's was always a choice. new one. That's what I like it about is. it. It It is. Although I think in the book series, maybe she'd be single. Looking to mingle. <laughs> oh, I, I would. I think that if you're... T- tasked with writing something with a character <laughs> similar to your own i'm gonna yeah. guess that she's probably ready to get on the prowl that's uh that's where my money would yeah. go yeah yeah and there'll just be a new love interest every single book because there has to be a series yeah absolutely love them and leave them <laughs> a true crime anthology that probably will be the title for like book two. Oh yeah love them and leave them i like that i like that. yeah i like that all right. Well, listen, thank you, Jazz. We love this. I, what I like is that all of these are sparking conversation and having us brainstorm, yeah. which really feels like that's the work. Next, we have Peter. Peter writes, wouldn't it make sense to call the police immediately after you hear a gunshot in your hotel rather than go in and check yourself? I don't know if it's different in that time and place, but personally, I would call the police because I'd be freaking out. I think this is a great point. <laughs> a great point. First of all, Peter, love the all caps because that is the appropriate response. You hear a gunshot, you notify people immediately. Again, this joker, if I may call the Ah! security guard that. You may. I understand that he was like a young, I think he was like a college kid kind of thing doing this for extra money while he was studying or whatever. Doesn't that mean even more so that if you hear a gunshot... You use the radio that's attached to your body to call somebody and be like, oh my God, I've heard a gunshot. Because if you think somebody's in the hotel, like I get, he thought that there was somebody else in the room. 
So he's like, oh, my God, somebody in that room has a gun. Right. I don't want to go in there. It's like, great, then call somebody because the hotel staff should know to be safe, like that there's somebody in the hotel with a gun. 100%. And also, like you mentioned before, no one else in that hotel that they questioned seemed to have heard that gunshot. So I, I agree with Peter here that it feels like Typically, a human response to hearing a gunshot would be to call the police. And, you know, it just doesn't add up. It just doesn't add up. Yeah, no. Uh, Yeah, because also, great point. So I guess it was like he called for backup or whatever, and then they opened the room. So wait a minute. Yeah, they didn't even they didn't even wait for police. They chose to go in on their own. They walked in. They made it only so far, and they were like, there was a terrible smell. So they just went, oof, maybe not. Backed up, waited for police. Yeah. Did they go in and take all of her personal effects and all of her bottoms and put them in a bag and then burn them? Because maybe they've been paid off to do so, or that they're involved in some way that it's involving more than just turning a blind eye? I mean, I mean, I I agree with Peter here. That does not feel normal, like a normal reaction. And I think it is a sign that that there's got to be some lying happening here for sure. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Thank you, Peter. Love it. Love it. Love all of these. Let's keep them going. All right. Forgive me because I'm not 100% sure here. We've got a uh, at Ashley Bloom 22. Bloom or, or would Blum? we say Ashley, Ashley Blum 22? Could go either way. Either way. Ashley says, I think she was an assassin. Very common for assassins to cut tags out of clothes so if they're caught, there is no way to trace which country they could be working for. That would explain why she was out of her room for extended periods of time. Also, why most of her clothes were missing. She would have disposed of them after a job because they'd be covered in evidence. I think another spy or assassin caught on to her and took her out. Interesting. So another explanation for why clothes the clothes would be missing, but also linked to because there would be evidence on them in some way. And... Uh, I agree. I don't think somebody, I don't think the maid went in and was like, oh, that skirt is cute. Yeah. And like ignored the dead body, took the skirt and left, you know, like it's weird. Something is up with it. Absolutely. The clothes, the personal effects, the only reason they can be removed or missing is because it would implicate her or someone else. So I agree that this feels like a great possibility. Absolutely. I feel like. And this kind of does play into what I was saying that like, is it the spy org that took her out? This is, you know, is this a competing spy or a different from a different spy org? Are they like the sharks and the jets? Who knows? But the point is, (laughs) yeah, 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 I like it. I like it, Ashley. I think there's a lot, uh, a lot of truth in there. Very nice. Agreed. All right. We're going to move on to at Andrew Ryan 94. Andrew writes, So I stayed up late to listen to this episode and you guys did not disappoint. Quick theory about the dental work being such a common factor. Altered teeth would mean if the, quote, spy was killed or compromised somehow, dental records couldn't be used to identify them. Or they all just got a fancy new grill that had nothing to do with espionage. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. This is a great point. And it does feel like, because again... These women were very young. They were in their early 20s because you had found another case similar to this, right? Yes. That person also had all this dental work. 
typically, I think it's rare for someone in their early 20s, not impossible, but rare to have like extensive dental work done. I do think mm-hmm. that that is, you know, it's expensive. Typically, young people don't have as many problems with their teeth. Again, not 100% of the time, but it does feel more rare. But I think that this is a really good point here, that it, it, it does feel possible that if these spy organizations exist, that part of what you're signing up for is we also have to change your teeth so that they won't match any dental records if and when you inevitably die. Yeah. I also don't know why we keep saying if. Yeah. They have to. Yeah. Like, they do, right? Yeah. They have to. I mean, I'm, but maybe it's for safety. Oh. Because if, if we can plead innocence and be like, we had no idea they really existed. We were just pretending. Ah. Uh, you know? Interesting. Maybe. But it makes sense to me that you would alter the teeth in some way so that they can't in case somebody has a record somewhere to be like oh this is this can link back to this person right especially because at the time the like the level of work and the style of however it was done wasn't done there at that time it was done in like the u.s and one place in europe or something like that i think yeah i think it was belgium right yeah right because we think that was the spy hotbed hotbed hot spot Epicenter? Maybe I'm just thinking about that <laughs> is so much better. I might just be thinking about bed. I don't know. Oh, listen, I, don't know where that I get you. Hot bed. I, feel I don't know. Yeah, but yeah. listen, we should also note that obviously it feels like this could be completely uh, a part of becoming a spy. But let's also just remember that if this is a human trafficking situation, we don't obviously know what the ins and outs right. of that look like. Is that another situation where? People that have been, you know, unfortunately put into this terrible position, are they taken and giving dental work so for the, the exact same reason? Right. That then if they so later got found or whatever, their bodies got found, et cetera, they could never be tied back to a missing person or whatever. I mean, it, it makes sense. Yeah. It's just, it doesn't make sense that multiple women have had this exact kind of dental work done and then they're found dead under suspicious circumstances and their name isn't the same and like it isn't the same of what people think it is and like there's just too many coincidences to me yeah for it not to be linked somehow 100 percent, totally yeah. agree thank you andrew ryan 94 i like that chuckle on that last line very funny very funny. yeah next we have a, a submission from our website oh Great. TrueCrimeAndCocktails.com. Nice plug. Cassidy says, I'm totally with the spy angle on Jennifer's death. Everyone at the hotel has something off about their story. What if all of the sketchy people at the hotel are involved in the possible spy slash sex trafficking slash sex worker thing that Jennifer was linked to? There's too much wrong with her check-in process and everything she owned being missing. This is what I had talked about earlier. This is what we're saying. Yeah. This is what we're saying. I totally agree. It, you know, again, I'll just reiterate one more time. Either the people working there are are universally incompetent and not able to, to, you know, to, to mm-hmm. do their jobs mm-hmm. or they know about what was going on or they don't know exactly what was going on, but they were paid off in some way. They were paid to not, to just turn a, turn a cheek. Yeah. To just yeah. scoot. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I, I, I agree. I think, because look, the other thing too is that it, it would not surprise me that a super high-end hotel 
would potentially be involved in things that are nefarious. Again, if we've learned anything from movies, it's like, it's usually not going to be, you know, a Holiday Inn, a Holiday Inn Express or something with your free continental breakfast. You know, I feel like it's probably going to be a five-star, very expensive. It's appealing to people that, again, have a ton Mm -hmm. of money and, you know, I think this is, I think you're onto it, Cassidy. I agree with you. Yeah. I agree with you. All right. At Grant.Wilson88 says, what if her body was found by the security guard earlier than reported? This was a five-star hotel that was famed for having been the venue for treaties and peace talks. Is it outside the realm of possibility that they didn't want their hotel to be associated with a gruesome murder? So upon discovering the body, uh, they could they have cleaned it up themselves and removed the majority of possible identifiers to the contrary and staged it as a suicide for it to be an open and shut case. I love this theory. Yeah. I mean, again, if the security guard is the only person who heard the gunshot, how do we know exactly when it happened? Yep. You know? And I had already alluded also, as we were talking earlier, saying, did they go in and clean everything up? Did the hotel staff do that? That's exactly what Grant's talking about here. Now, he does uh, add that, you know, this was something, you know, that was popular for treaties, peace talks. They don't want to have a gruesome murder kind of smearing their name. That's a great yeah. point to make also. So like we were saying, maybe the, or the hotel is nefarious and involved in nefarious things. Maybe it's the other way where they were like, we're not involved in nefarious things and we need to keep it that way. So that no one thinks that because we don't have all, want to have like world leaders and dignitaries and our main source of revenue kind of dry up because of a scandal. I could see that too. Oh, absolutely. Especially somewhere high-end is going to be like, we want to avoid a scandal at all costs. We can't have a murder at our hotel or it will stay with us. We also aren't going to just dispose of the body because that makes us look guilty. So we're going to make it look like a suicide because hotel suicides are huge. That's a huge thing. Really? I found it in my research along the way that a lot of people just... For some reason, they will check into a hotel specifically with that purpose in mind. Wow. Not sure why. I don't know. Maybe it's people who live alone and want to make sure that they're found soon. Because a hotel, you'd find them probably sooner than someone who lives alone and doesn't have people coming over and stuff to check or on Or maybe them. it's about the mess that it's like you don't, if it was in your, you know, if, if it was in a loved one's home, if you, you didn't want to like, yeah. you know, tarnish the house that you share with other people. I could see that That's too. That's a I good guess. point. Yeah. Yeah. Very sad. So I'm Very just sad. I'm just saying it would making being like we had this death, it's very sad, very tragic, but it wasn't us. It was nothing like it's there's no safety concern for you. It was this person took their own life. So I could totally see them trying to make sure it didn't look like a murder. Yeah. Just so that they come off looking better. Absolutely. Well done, Grant. Yeah. We like it. Yeah. We like it. So this next one is one of my favorite things we've ever received. I love this already. Chris S. in Boston emailed us. Chris S. and his wife listen together. I believe he said on their commute, uh, which I love. Uh, So uh, good on you, Mr. and Mrs. Chris S. I love it. The thing that I loved so much about it is not only did Chris S. supply us with multiple theories he also attached photos he went and google mapped 
his theory and then sent photos to show what he feels like to to back up his theory which I love so much and I will post those photos for sure I will share them so I hope you're okay with me sharing them Chris S because I'm going to share them the world needs to see them I love that he did the research and sent it on I love it so Um, much this is amazing yeah so Chris says uh two theories one, she was in fact a secret agent and the address she gave to the hotel in Verlaine was in fact a spot she could have buried government secrets. She gave her address as number 148, but the numbers on that street only go up to 100. Maybe 148 represents 48 steps from that house. Behind 100 Rue de la Station that felt harsh, is a big empty field, so it could be plausible that it could be buried there. The Google map images were of the big empty field behind that house. So maybe a hun- maybe 48 steps from that. You never know. Yeah, right? absolutely. He also says, uh, also Christy mentioned similar cases what if the person killed in the 70s was the original victim of some psychopath and that person recreated the murder decades later? Or a serial killer like Jack the Ripper? Amazing. I mean, okay. Chris S. came out. <laughs> I've got so many things to say. First of all, Chris S. Yeah. Chris, yes. Okay, that's the first thing I have to say. Nice. Secondly, guess we're going to Verlaine. <laughs> I guess when we start this tour that starts in Baltimore, goes to Oslo, and continues to Verlaine. I love this. This is brilliant. This is the kind of thinking that I live for. I want to see these photos, so you're going to have to send those to me because I I need to see these immediately. I think this is a great theory. It does feel like if, if she was a spy or if she was trafficked, I think there's even still a chance that anything she wrote on that card could mean something. Do you know what I mean? I think oh, just yeah. writing it off as something random, I think, is not giving her enough credit. It feels to me like it could be, yeah, exactly what Chris S. mentioned. It could be that something else is buried there. Who knows? Her Again, if she's a trafficking victim, maybe there's some sort of significance there for her. I love this. And the idea that maybe it's it's a serial killer or someone that had committed murders and then was doing a copycat to himself or herself or someone else. I think that's possible too. I mean, really any, I I mean, I think that the truth is, and that has to be why this case is so confounding is that there's so many possibilities that could be true. And the other ones, you know, you know, 13 minutes, for example, it's like, well, we, we were pretty darn sure that the mom killed her or maybe also that the fiance was involved. If I have my two two ways about it. Yeah. That's missing witness. Oh, excuse me. Yes. Missing witness. Yeah. There's so many, they, they blend together. Um, (laughs) They do. Yeah. But in that it isn't the same level of intrigue as this. We know that, that, you know, very sadly, Lena went missing. We know that her mother has killed before. (laughs) So it feels like, mm-hmm. you know, again, still compelling, but this, it's, it's, there's so many yeah. possibilities and that feels, uh, I mean, I guess it is, it is compelling for lack of a better word. It's just very, very titillating, which is one of my favorite words there's, I use on the show all the time. Well, I love it. I think that word suits the show very well. I think there's something about like spies 
where it adds like a, ooh, it could be spies. Mm -hmm. But again, I think it really comes back to not only is everything about this just crazy, we don't have a clue who the the actual victim is. Yeah. Usually we at least know like the victim's name or like their background or something about them. Whereas this, it's like we know nothing about her. No one has ever come forward to say they know her or recognize her or anything. So it's like she came from somewhere. Yeah. Like where did she come from? And so I think that's what's got so many people heated is there's just a lot there's just so many unanswered questions. There really is. And I can't wait for season three, True Crime and Cocktails goes international. <laughs> True Crime and Cocktails on the road again. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, God. Yeah. I could do that. We'll be like the littlest hobo. There's a voice that keeps oh. on calling me. Two things. One, I referenced the littlest yeah. hobo last night and sang that song then. So that's kismet. We're connected. Yes. Two, yes. for Americans who are like, what are they talking about? In Canada, <laughs> in the, I want to say like probably 80s. late late 70s, early 80s, it may, may have yeah. started. I mean, this was old. There was a TV show called The Littlest Hobo. And yeah. uh, it was about a dog who looked to be like maybe a German shepherd type. <laughs> I think so, yeah. And he went on adventures, and he would wander into a town, and there would be a problem, and the littlest hobo would somehow help fix it. And then they'd want to yeah. keep him, but the littlest hobo would say, no, I got to keep on rolling. He can't be tied down. He can't be, yeah. no, he's got to scoot. So then he'd be on to the next town. He's not a one-town dog. Maybe tomorrow I want to settle down. Until tomorrow we just keep moving on. I don't think we're going to get sued for that one because I think it's so obscure. <laughs> I also am having a reaction to that. <laughs> Maybe it's just your talent that I react oh, to. Oh, bless it. But I loved that show. I did too. As a kid. Oh, yeah. God, am I going to end up trying to find it after this? Yes. Like pour myself another cocktail yes, you are. and sob when he chooses to leave mm -hmm. <laughs> the mm -hmm. town. God, I'm going to need to look up how it ended. Did it ever end? I don't know. In the, how many in seasons the 80s, did it go? Of, I have no idea. The joke will be it was probably one, but it feels like it went for years. But a lot of like 80s shows just dropped off instead of like have an ending. So it may not have had a proper ending, but. I also want to know how many. Maybe we need to bring it back. How many Littlest Hobos there were. Was there multiple oh. do like act dog actors? Was it just one dog the whole time? That seems probably not i i assume not but like i assume even with like lassie and stuff there were multiple there dogs were. yeah but like other canadian german shepherd dog tv shows i i love that there's more than one did you ever watch cats and dog of course i did <laughs> about yeah about officer cats yep who uh, was with the canine unit, and he had the he had the dog. And I think that did, that was did the dog have a name? I don't remember, but I do mm. think that that was a direct response to Turner and Hooch, and the the popularity of Turner and Hooch. They were like, "Let's crank out yeah. a show," don't you think? It's, I mean, absolutely, but it's very hard to try and capture the magic and loveliness of tom hanks yeah with just canadian uh people i will say i referenced uh cats and dog the other day because we watched the santa claus with tim allen of which course. is one of my 
favorites. I think Tim Allen was born for that role. I know he's a little problematic, but I love that movie, especially that first one. Uh, It's just solid. And in the boardroom, the person who's like near the beginning when they're talking about they want they want Santa in a tank or whatever the guy who's talking about Santa in a tank and shows the the storyboards that is Officer Katz. There's a waitress in that movie that's also Canadian, which is making me realize it must have been shot in Canada. I think that that's oh yeah. So probably the smaller parts would have been local Canadian actors. My guess is Toronto. That's my guess. Uh, I could see it. Yeah. I did see one of the Hallmark movies this year. I don't remember what the title. I have not watched it yet. I was looking through IMDb. It was shot in Winnipeg. Yeah. Which I, I guess, but I'm just, I'm shocked. I'm always shocked to see them film in Canada. They're usually Ontario or BC. So I was especially surprised to see the, the prairies there. Well, Winnipeg, it's up and coming. That's what I've heard. Legit. So center of Canada, center of a Canada. There you go. Chris S. Thank you so much for this. Uh, and your photos say shout out, say hi to, to Mrs. Chris S. Say hi to your wife for yeah. us. Appreciate the support. All right. We got one last theory and oh my gosh, it's from me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is rich. Christy mm-hmm. did this list and she, she's surprised me. This is great. This is so funny because as I referenced already, Often when we finish an episode, immediately I'm texting her going, oh, I just had a great brainstorm. So this says, (laughs) you texted me, (laughs) meaning, you know, I texted her. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I forgot about this. Yes. This is what I texted. What if the woman who checked in and the woman whose body was found were two different women? That, because how do we know? There was no, there was no security camera footage of her. They're going based solely on seeing this woman once for like, what, five minutes in the hotel lobby. Then she leaves. A maid saw her or saw somebody matching that description near the room once. And that was it. And then her body is found. So who's to say they're the same person? There's nothing saying that. Also, Mm -hmm. if the hotel staff was in on it, they could have lied about their description. They could have just said the description of the deceased woman. She could have been a five foot eight blonde woman who checked in. Who knows, right? Mm-hmm. First of all, second of all, I'm sorry to get graphic, but she she did die from a gunshot wound to the head. Correct. Yeah. So, also, if you're if it could have distorted how she looked, I'm sure that that's a trauma, a physical trauma for your head and face to go through. Who's to say if they were similar types that? Let's just say, for for example, the woman who checked in as Jennifer looked as the description we know of, and then the body that was found looked like that description vaguely. But again, when you've taken a bullet to the to the head, not to be crass, but I think it can probably obviously sure. alter the exact features of your face, which again, to me, I just think that this should be kept in mind. Absolutely. I mean... We don't even know who checked in, so it's more than possible, since we don't even know who was found, it's more than possible that those were two different women. Was the dead woman in 2816, and then this woman checks in to the other room as Jennifer, and then she either kills that woman in 2816 and moves the body, or she's done her job, 
they've seen her check in and then she slips out of the back at the night or something. And then that ruse was kind of set up where our victim was in this other room the whole time. And they had to have the security guard involved so that he could keep a lookout. So when they were moving her from 2816 to the room that she was found in, he he had to make uh-huh. sure that no one was else was in the hallway to witness it. And then his other contribution was claiming that he had heard the gunshot, et cetera, et cetera. I literally He's... just leaned back and crossed my arms. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to say maybe you look into teaching night classes because that was the kind of thing that a teacher would do if they were like, and that is the Pythagoras theorem. <laughs> and then, you know, and then they sit back yep. while they watch everybody's mind be blown at this magic math. I love that this particular episode is bringing up so much oh, and bringing out fresh, I know. fresh theories. This is, again, sparking in me. We ha- We have to try and solve a case together i want us to do one from start to finish i want i want you behind the curtain i want you to come and take a peek i want to get my hands dirty i want to get in there let's make a meatloaf it's like it's like a mother bird watching her baby take flight i can't i can't wait i can't wait either i'm not gonna be i'm not gonna be a jerk like most birds i'm not gonna kick you out of the nest i'm gonna ease you i'm gonna ease you out Give you give you the give you the white pages password. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And just ease you in. Yep. You know. Yep. I can't wait. I think this. I think this would be a good time because I'm still gonna get the reactions, but I'm gonna get them in real time. Yeah. And then we're gonna be like, well, I guess we're we're gonna check into a hotel, and when my husband questions it, we're gonna be like, well, we're we've got something to solve, and then we're gonna record, and he's gonna be like, oh wow. So not just your loudness, but an, double that. Okay, yeah, check in. Yeah, I so, we're gonna have to ask for a yeah. corner room or a suite or something because again, these voices carry, and I feel like we're gonna get a lot of complaints, especially if it's three a.m. and it's like we found our scumbag. <laughs> I my brain is like, oh, if somebody like a company wants to pay for this. They can give us the floor. Why do we need a whole floor? I don't know. The point is, I would like to see. Sure. You said sweet. You said a hotel sweet, and I salivated. I was like, I, I want us like in a honeymoon suite or like in the best room you got with our whiteboard. I don't want anyone to be able to hear even the squeak of our markers. Yep. I want to go for it. I can't wait. I'm going to pack a bag that's just, I'm going to forget to pack clothes. All I'm going to pack are like file folders, legal pads, highlighters. I'm getting high thinking about it. (laughs) Well, now that you mentioned honeymoon suite, all I can see is you and I in a heart-shaped jacuzzi (laughs) with a whiteboard beside us, just looking at it, thinking about ideas. And yes, dear listeners, that is a, a blatant request for fan art okay (laughs) these two dum-dums in a heart-shaped jacuzzi do that as you will mental note pack a bathing suit (laughs) (laughs) 
or don't. Just so that the tub can happen. Or don't. Uh, and we can just recreate that photo of us as children in the bathtub. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> we have, we have mean... face cloths covering us, which, I mean, come on. I would need about eight of those. <laughs> No. Uh, just just to be clear, I do like to post photos that we reference from our childhood on social media. I will not be posting nope. that. It will be taken down. It is not a photo that should exist. There's no nudity. Like we're no, not. We're not. N- we're not showing we're not anything. Showing, yeah. We're. Yeah. We're we're in like waist deep water. We have little cloths over uh, our chests and everything and we're just happy to be there sure little little children small children yeah yeah so i mean it's not weird but like it's maybe weird when you have it on your wall for yeah no that one we'll just years. keep for us that one we just keep for us because yeah. you know we give a lot of yeah, ourselves it's for the best it's for the best we give a lot of ourselves to this and share a lot but this one that one we're going to keep for us and you know i just also want to reference yeah. that uh just a shout out to uh, once again i know i do it virtually every episode but Christy Oxborough, she literally puts more hours into this podcast in a week than most people do with full-time jobs and truly always hits it out of the park. She's making the promo. She's editing videos. As she referenced in this episode, she taught herself how to use computer programs to make those video promos. She's the one who organizes all of the notes. She sends me the breakdowns. She just really goes so far above and beyond. And, uh, you know, I appreciate you. And I know that the listeners appreciate you. You're really making me work for that uh, that resolution <laughs> before the year even starts. It was a test. <laughs> <laughs> I failed. <laughs> no. No. Because uh, I'm sitting here thinking like, oh, I do still have that bottle of lime juice if I just crack it and take a swig, it'll make like a comic relief and we'll forget this has happened. No, you're going to sit there, damn it, yeah. and take the compliment. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we could have also just left it at, I taught myself computers. <laughs> uh, I, I mean, I obviously knew how to use one in general, but not in the way that I currently use one. So the last four or five months... Has it been four or five months? I don't, I don't think it has anymore. <laughs> um, it's uh, it's been a real uh, a real learning curve, and uh, I've figured stuff out. And I uh, I appreciate that you noticed. Just uh, doing my best to make you proud. <laughs> I already was. I already was. Uh, of course, dear listeners, course. thank you so much yeah. for these fan theories. This was such a fun time. I love just. You know, getting through these things, digging in, thinking of different ideas and, and theories and all of the above. If you have a theory about any of the episodes, email us theories at truecrimeandcocktails.com. We love to hear from you. And we have huge, huge news. We did reference this, I believe, in the last couple of episodes, but it should be noted that there will be no episode January 12th. No episode January 12th. But the reason for mm-hmm. that is, is that we need a little extra time because January 19th, we are officially kicking off season two of True Crime and Cocktails. And that will be, of course, a famous fatalities edition. And I'm going to say it right here, right here and right now. Episode mm-hmm. one, mm-hmm. season two, famous fatalities. Episode one is going to be a deep dive into the life and death of Brittany Murphy. So... Listen, we're so excited to dig in. Mm-hmm. Can't wait to get season two going. 
I know we're not going to be here next week. We apologize for that. But listen, catch up on an old episode if you've missed one or re-listen to one of your favorites. We're going to be back as soon as we can, and it's going to be good. Gar- 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 I was so close. <laughs> We're going to be back as soon as we can, and it's going to be great. Christy, do you want to say anything to the people? There, I I could go on for hours about what I want to say to the people. We love and appreciate the support. We've been given uh, season one, I think, there was so much more than I had possibly expected there to be. I didn't know that anyone was going was gonna to listen at all, and... We recently surpassed like 50,000 downloads and that Amazing. blows my mind. I would not have anticipated that in the first year, let alone the first like two and a half months. So we are so grateful for everybody that listens and contacts us. We're, we're doing our best to keep up with everybody. But of course, currently it is the holiday. So it is hard to juggle children out of school and... Yes. Uh, social media that I did not really use before. <laughs> well, you do now. Every minute I, I of the do day. Now. I do now. <laughs> yeah, it's uh yeah, it's a lot. I am fairly certain I'm doing my best. It's my another silent uh New Year's resolution. I'm doing my best to try and uh not always always mention the podcast when I'm speaking with my husband. I can hear him listening to this right now and going, Oh thank God she's noticed <laughs> Because I, I do <laughs> I do catch myself bringing it up because my husband has been uh, a real rock star for us. Absolutely. I will say it. He yes. does. He has helped out a lot. He's very uh, computer oriented. So he has done a lot of like we, we reference him as our IT department because anytime there's a problem, I'm like, I don't know. And he will swoop in and figure it out. So he helps out a lot, um, which we love and appreciate. So. It's just this whole thing has been a very family affair because everybody just keeps, everybody comes in and uh, does their part. And so it's just been a real, it's been a real beautiful journey. I had no idea this was coming this year. We didn't know in January that this was going to be what happened. I'm glad that any part of this year was a shining light. I'm glad that we've been able to spend more time together, even if it is through a computer and I can't wait for the eight-week-long visit. It's going <laughs> to be long. We accomplish, that we accomplish even a quarter of what we have planned. I can't wait to add uh, researching a case together. Oh, it's going to be I'm so already going to start uh, brainstorming what case we want that to be. I hope it's an episode of something we can watch. Yeah. Because we've never been able to watch anything in person together. Like We've never watched an Unsolved Mysteries together. Well, listen, so, stay tuned, listeners, because as soon as yeah. it's possible, we're going to be in person. We're going to do that. But in the meantime, we're going to bring you all kinds of famous fatalities. We're going to talk about Brittany Murphy in episode one. We're going to be talking about mystery on Middle Beach, which everybody has been talking about, which I am. Oh, I can't wait to get into that one, too. And so, so much more. Happy New Year, everybody. We hope that you're all well. We hope that you're healthy and we will see you very soon. Thanks so much for listening. Bye. Audible is the destination for thrilling audio entertainment. 
Allow your imagination to be piqued by stories that are brought to life through captivating sound design, eerie soundscapes, and dynamic performances. As an Audible member, you'll be able to keep your heart rate up month after month because you can choose one title a month to keep from the entire catalog, including the latest bestsellers and new releases. If you're in the mood for a shocking psychological thriller, check out None of This is True by Lisa Jewell. Embrace brand new exclusive thrillers from bestselling authors who are guaranteed to keep you gripped. New members can try Audible free for 30 days. Visit audible.com slash thrill or text thrill to 500-500. That's audible.com slash thrill or text thrill to 500-500.